Did we do it? Did we make Love it? Love is in the air. Can you smell it? Oh, sorry. It that smells was me. like dirty I a, diapers. I had cabbage today, so <laughs> sorry. That's uh, that's me. Welcome back to another episode of Beef Sticks Podcast. Yes, it is two days removed from Saint Valentine's Day. Yes, the good old VD Day, if you and will. Yet... <laughs> I hope you all got some good VD two days ago. Hope you put your D in some V. Should be cleared up sometime in the next twelve days. Or put some D in some D. I mean, whatever you do, that's fine. Or V on V. I'm okay with some scissoring or some docking. I mean, Pasty was trying to get docking with me earlier today. Little force can play is okay with me. I'm a free-spirited young man. Dutch Rudder never hurt anybody. <laughs> Just ask strategy. Unless you have carpal tunnel. Arthritis, tennis elbow. Guy, I guess I guess it can fuck with a lot of people. Who knew? Who knew there were so many problems just trying to get a Dutch rudder? A lot of work goes into this. <laughs> Love is just a lot of work. I think that's what we just proved Maybe now. You should just stay away from Dutch rudders. <laughs> you literally went back to the past. Why wouldn't you go back to the past? Right. That's what they should have called trilogy, huh? That would have been way better than Back to the Future. Lots more lasting power. Would have made more sense, yeah. yeah. Back to the past. They only, I mean, they only go to our future once. But even by now, that's the past, too. So, you know what I mean? They're all the past. That whole movie took place in the past. Honestly, should they have been called three different titles? It should have been to the past, straight to the future, and then back to the past. (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs) Yeah, if you're trying to be technical, (laughs) it should be. Should just be called crazy ass scientist tries to fucking kill himself and Marty, but then accidentally ends up in the past. And then crazy ass scientist tries to yes, kill folks, himself. Yes, folks, that's what you talk about when you back to the future. Back to the future. Tense film. The only movie, Classic. the only movie where a man tries to rape a woman and then later on works for her, and everybody's cool with it. <laughs> Whatever. I still think uh, Futurama did a better job of doing it. He just wants to be close to her. Where where Fry actually uh, fucks his grandma and becomes his own grandpa. Back to the Future would have been way cooler if Marty became his own dad. That would have been awesome. (laughs) Just banged his mom right there. With his his future dad watching. (laughs) (laughs) This is for the time I walked in on you and mom, dad. Oh, oh, 
love it. I enjoy it. I enjoy it thoroughly. Very thorough, verily. Kind of awkward. <laughs> and as we do with any awkward moment on B-Sticks, now's the time to give a tip of the hat to Monster Wear Clothing. <laughs> <laughs> if you want handcrafted custom vinyl decals fit to your specifications, low prices, fast turnaround times, look no further than Monster Wear Clothing. And maybe they'll throw in a hockey mask. Because not this Valentine's Day like a hockey mask. Right? And folks, don't forget, if you want to go check us out on Facebook, you can see facebook.com forward slash Podcast. We keep so much fun stuff going on up there. We got videos from the past of amazing or fun matches. We have memes. We have jokes. We have different tidbits and trivias of what happened on a certain day in pro wrestling, whether it's birthdays, matches, major events, deaths. Tons of stuff to keep you entertained, laughing, and can also keep up with what's going on with Beef Sticks, when we're going to be recording, and perhaps we got a late show coming up. Links to all of well, our different places. will keep you entertained and laugh. Yes. Uh, also, if you'd like, find us on Twitter. It's Twitter uh, at Beef Sticks. And uh, if you'd like to shoot us an email, you can either shoot an email directly to Fat Mac at FatMacBSP at gmail.com. Or to the Beef Sticks, Sticks podcast. podcast at Yes. And make Hell, sure. If you want to send me something directly in the box, feel free to hit me up at pasty at outlook.com. That's P A Y S T E E. Yes. And while we're at it, we're going to plug our upcoming <laughs> new venture, Buttered Pop Culture. It is a pod snack. Yes, yes. Little shorter tidbits than you're used to on this podcast or on Fantastic Fables. We try to keep it to uh, between a half hour to an hour. You get more. B-Sticks. B-Sticks, this is a more... But still the same calorie-loaded content, folks. If you like hearing pasty side rail the entire wrestling podcast, (laughs) some random shit... Then you will love Buttered Pop Culture. Yes. And you can find Buttered Pop Culture Check at Facebook. Check us out on Facebook now. Dot com, Buttered Pop Culture. <laughs> or Twitter at Buttered Pop Culture. And we'll have just as much fun stuff going on on that Facebook as b Facebook page or more. Yes, there's already fun content up there, so feel free to... Go over there and uh, check it out right now after you're done listening to us. Or even listening to us and seeing a couple more likes on the pages while we're broadcasting here tonight. 
tippity tippity, he must be thinking. Ah, oh, yeah, that's how I think. I got a fidget to think. <laughs> oh, I, uh, sometimes I just gotta shoot pasty a message and don't want everybody to hear it. I was talking about how I was looking forward to docking with him after the show. It's gonna be a fun time. Um, so. I guess without further ado, we can get right into our news and our notes and our rumors. We got a lot to talk about today. We got uh, uh, later on on the show, we're actually going to be doing our top 10 uh, couples for pro wrestling. So you can look forward to that. Uh, But for right now, we're going to get into the news, notes, and rumors. Yes, speaking of... (laughs) <laughs> Side rail. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting down tonight to eat dinner, you always gotta to find something to flicks because my Hulu is off until payday. And diving back into the Netflix, I decided I want to start watching that 70s show again, which I realize this year, 70s show is 20 years old. What? 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 Yeah. 20 years old for that 70s show. Why? (laughs) That's depressing. So you want to know something weird. I think I'm the only human being in existence who watched that 80s show before that 70s show. And actually enjoyed watching that 80s show? I didn't hate it. And I might have gotten into that 80s show before I actually got into that 70s show hardcore. But that 70s show, to me, felt more like a more solid product than that 80s show. Yeah. But, you know, that 80s show... It's just due to time. Um... Foreman's, Foreman's cousin, who was the star of that 80s show, would go on to star in another amazing show that we know and love called Always Sunny in Philadelphia, where he played Dennis Reynolds. So he did all yes, right. Yes, indeed. I think, I think he did just fine. <laughs> because I can go on and say I think Always Sunny in Philadelphia is a better show than that 70s show. But if that 80s show had, had stayed around for eight, nine seasons... We probably wouldn't have the Goldbergs today. I like the Goldbergs. Goldbergs is a really good show. I really do like the Goldbergs. I, I uh, like when Bill Goldberg, Goldberg was on the Goldbergs. Was was Bill Goldberg on the Goldbergs? Yes, he was. He's the 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 school coach's brother. That's funny. Overly competitive brother. Good for him. Yeah. Good for Bill. <laughs> and he tied that right. <laughs> I am. Uh, I am going to have to apologize to our Spreaker fans. We are having some issues with Pasty's feed, and we're getting a lot of uh, losing a lot of him. Um, I don't know if ah uh, uh, shit. If there's something you can do I'm to play around to with that. I'm trying to cut things to make it better. 
but I don't know. I don't know. Well, we'll work through it. We'll work through it, and we'll still give you the best product we possibly can, folks. How are we coming on your end? Don't know exactly. I don't seem to be dropping off. All right. Well, we'll keep on it. And we'll... I just kind of ad adjusted my shit, so we'll, we'll see. We'll let you know how it goes. I'll update you. Oh, um, it does get... It... Dun, 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 dun. Indinda. Indinda. She's a cool character. I liked her. Um, her husband is the ruler of Omicron, uh, Percy I-8. Um, so, um, on the news notes and rumors, we're going to start off with signings as we like to do, and we have an update on Mr. Ziggles. Dolph Ziggler. Initial reports on February yes. 12th from Bill Hammond of The Locker Room were that Dolph Ziggler was offered and accepted what was described by the podcast as a quote-unquote sweetheart deal to remain with the WWE. Now, reportedly, this new long-term deal will allow Ziggler to depart from the building immediately after his matches. He doesn't have to stick around, watch other people's matches, give a shit about anybody else, can just fucking leave selfishly. And he will also be allowed to pursue projects such as his stand-up comedy and TV shows or movies outside of WWE as long as they don't interfere with his commitments. So they said that the reason for him relinquishing the U.S. title but then returning at the number 30 spot in the Rumble was because he had, quote-unquote, one foot out of the door, and they had only come to an agreement the day of the Rumble for things to actually be signed. But yesterday, Sports Illustrated said that the show-off is going to make an estimated $1.5 in each of his next two years on the contract he recently signed, but they don't have any details on how that's broken up, if it's guaranteed money, whether he's allowed to leave after his matches or not, or do side projects. This report does, however, make a point to contradict the previous one, which did specify some of those details. Sports Illustrated says Ziggler was never planning on walking out, and re-signed with WWE and re-signing with WWE was always the plan. Now, this also contradicts his public comments, which he hinted that he was at least weighing right. his <laughs> options. So we're getting multiple different things here, which I mean is kind of nothing new. We get that a lot. So I don't know. I'm just I'm glad he's still gonna be on TV and we can watch him. And if he feels this is the best thing for him, I'm happy for him. I guess I'm, I'm happy we still get to see him. They use correctly. So <laughs> it doesn't seem like anything's changed in the immediate run. No. No, not not as of now. And um, I don't have it on either of these reports, but I've I've read elsewhere that um, through through other people they have said that Ziggler said he's more than happy to just keep losing matches and putting people over as long as he can do his outside projects. Now, whether that's true or not, I don't know 
because he seemed to be pretty upset that he was always losing, but... I don't know. I honestly expected him to leave. I did not expect him to stay with them, so this kind of surprised me, but again, if it's if it's what he wants, I'm happy for him. More news, also from Sports Illustrated, our good friend Justin Barrasso notes that Hulk Hogan's camp was asking for $750,000 for him to appear as an honorary member of Bullet Club and New Japan Wrestling's Wrestle Kingdom 12. We had reported that earlier that uh, both Bullet Club and Hogan were kind of tossing around the idea. New Japan Pro Wrestling did not accept the offer and Hogan obviously did not appear at Wrestle Kingdom alongside Bullet Club. Um, that is an awful lot for just one appearance, at least to me. I don't know how the wrestling business goes. But man, do I think it would have been awesome to see Hogan in a Bullet Club shirt. I totally agree. That would have been fan-fucking-tastic. But I mean, that's a lot of money to ask. Yeah, for one night and not wrestling. $750,000. One night he's not wrestling. But also he's released statements uh, recently saying that he... And WWE are working closer to a working relationship, and maybe he'll be able to come back to where he belongs. Right. Which got me thinking, how amazing would it be for Hulk Hogan to be a general manager on Raw or SmackDown? Oh, that'd be awesome. I would love it. He's, I mean, he's obviously <laughs> one of the best talkers ever. He could easily... It, it just makes me... Why hasn't he done it yet? You know, that's, that's where my mind goes. I mean... Well, I DNA. think we know we know but, why. I think I think we know why, and it, it has to do with uh, him and and Bubba's wife and uh, some uh, some statements that make him not the 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 biggest uh, hero of the the African. Hey, his statements community. did make him up to be the biggest. <laughs> yeah, that's the truth. Not Terry Bollea, but Hulk Hogan. <laughs> I still. That's one of the best courtroom fucking arguments of all time. It really is. It's, it's great. Hulk Hogan has a 10-inch penis. Terry Bollea does not. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking amazing. A oh, couple more signings here. It's good to have When this. I leave here, I deflate my 24-inch pythons. <laughs> yeah, right? Just like any other man. I just... You know what? I, I'm i not kidding. I don't mean this in a homosexual way, but I want to see him start hulking up and watch it grow to 10 inches as he's hulking. <laughs> you know? That's how you get it going, that, brother. That, resurrect Biden from the dead. <laughs> right? Him and, uh, him and Joey Ryan going toe-to-toe, hand-to-hand, cock-to-cock. <laughs> Man multo to man multo. Yep. Oh, here's one that uh, is actually uh, a week old. We should have gotten to it last week. I had it on my brain last week. I didn't type it into my notes, and uh, my mind is slippery, so I didn't report it. But I'm going to report it now because it's actually pretty big. I think WWE has signed veteran Impact Wrestling employee Jeremy Borash to a deal. According to PW Insider, the hire was a Triple H decision and Borash will be working with WWE NXT and the WWE Performance Center. 
No word yet on when Borash will start with the WWE, but there has been some speculation that Borash was hired for the Matt Hardy storyline as he played a big part in the original Broken storyline in TNA. Uh, For those of you who don't know who Jeremy Borash is, he's been a pivotal person both backstage and on camera for TNA since its inception, since the beginning. He worked in WCW towards the end of its dying days, and he's been a full-on TNA guy oftentimes wearing like five hats at a time. And I don't mean that he just collected, you know, head memorabilia. I mean, like he'd be producing, directing, on air, helping with merchandising and, and standing gorilla telling people what to do and when to finish a match. Like he was, he is a hands-on, extremely talented young man to have in the backstage area. And this is only going to be huge for WWE. Even if he just stays in NXT, it's going to be amazing, I think. Yes, indeed. And with that from Pasty White, we're going to move on. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) Riveting material, folks. Uh, So the man once known as Mahabali Shira, whose real name is Amanpreet Singh, and used to be in TNA, Impact Wrestling, Global Wrestling, whatever you want to call it, he is signed with the WWE now. Singh is a 6'2", 240-pound Native Indian. Now, this is a man from Punjab, India. Not like a Native American American Indian, but a Native Indian. It gets really confusing when you start talking like that. Anyways, Singh was with Impact Wrestling from 2014 until September of last year and is also a former and the last Ring Ka King champion. For those of you who don't know what Ring Ka King is, it is actually a wrestling promotion that TNA Impact started on their own that was in India. It was an India-based wrestling promotion. Um, it got big really quickly, and it died really quickly. Not really much to talk about there. Um, you know, with this guy, whose name is Amanpreet Singh, then you got the Singh brothers in uh, with, with Jinder Mahal. WWE has also signed a uh, baseball star, from India, whose last name is Singh. He actually has a documentary about him on Netflix, I believe. There's going to be a lot of Singhs running around. Now, I don't mean to sound racist, but are there any other fucking last names in India than Singh? There was a Tiger Ali Singh back in the day. Like, what's with all these Singhs? Is that just what they're looking for? Are they just looking for the name Singh? They're obsessed with musicals. I guess. Involving CGI animal characters. <laughs> I could I could see it. It was a horrible movie. But, you know, we just accept that. We just accept that. So with that, those are the signings. We do have one departure, sadly, to bring up. As of February 15th, Rich Swan and WWE have mutually agreed to part ways. WWE wished Swan the best in all his future endeavors on their website. If you may remember, we reported a while back Swan and his wife had a domestic incident. There were multiple different stories about what happened during that. Um, she has gone back to relinquish her her 
you know, side of it about anything bad happening. The, um, the witnesses, there were multiple different stories and contradicting stories from the witnesses. I don't believe, uh, if I remember right, he was, um, he was, uh, they dropped all charges against him. But I don't know if it's on WWE's end, on Rich Swan's end, or on both end, where they just decide maybe it's just bad PR and they need to separate. Very sad for me. I think Rich Swan was one of the brightest young men in 205 Live. Obviously, they got a lot more coming in now with um, with Roddy being in there now. Roddy Strong, you know, and they got Ricochet coming in pretty soon. There were talks of other folks coming. Um, oh, who was the uh, Blake Murphy? I believe our buddy Murphy, I should say. I think was was gonna was gonna go to two hundred five live. So they got some other ones coming in there, and of course you still have Grand Metalik. You've got Sin Cara. Uh, you got Tyler Bate, Cedric Alexander, which I'm not huge on, but he's still there. You got Arya Davari, our um, our hometown guy, Minnesota born and bred, Arya Davari. So I mean, they're still in good hands, but I'm I'm gonna miss I'm gonna miss Rich Swan, and I'm sorry to see him and WWE break up that close to Valentine's Day. That's always that's always a heartbreak. That's a, that's always so sad. But that's all we got on the contract end of things. Um, so we got other stuff coming up here. Um, one thing I want to talk about, WWE has issued the following press release. WWE and Maori Television, New Zealand's indigenous broadcaster, today announced a new agreement to broadcast WWE's flagship program, Raw, and SmackDown on free-to-air TV in English and in Te Rio Maori. Um, I don't know what Te Rio Maori is, but I'm guessing that that is the indigenous language of New Zealand. That's my guess. So this That's is going to be the mayor of Rio, <laughs> just hanging out over in Australia. Um, so this is the first time in New Zealand history that they are going to be airing uh, free. WWE content from Raw and SmackDown. Beginning February 24th, 2018, Maori Television Channel, English and Te Rio Maori, will televise a one-hour version of Raw at 7.30 p.m. So that's even going to be more <laughs> cut down than the 90-minute on Hulu. Um, on Saturdays, and a one-hour version of SmackDown at 7.30 p.m. on Sundays. The Te Rio Channel will broadcast a Te Rio Maori version of Raw on Mondays, at 9 p.m. So, good news for uh, New Zealand. Good news for WWE to be to be expanding in another market. That's a positive thing for them. Yeah. It's going to be good. Um, some news that I think I, I, it's going to take a little time from us, Pasty, because you and I have some discussing to do about this coming up. Um... WrestleZone spoke with a reliable source yesterday morning and has confirmed WWE is internally discussing bringing back the WWE draft at the upcoming Backlash pay-per-view. Now, WWE recently sent out an email 
announcing that the upcoming Backlash pay-per-view will feature both Raw and SmackDown Live superstars. Originally, this show was going to be a Raw brand-only event. Now, that had led to speculation that going forward, all pay-per-views are going to be dual-branded. Reasons for this run from low ticket sales to cost-cutting to just, quote, spice up the cards. PWInsider.com is reporting that as of yesterday morning, none of the roster has been informed about plans to have the WWE pay-per-views be dual-branded going forward. But from what WrestleZone has been told, the idea for the WWE draft returning at Backlash would be to use it as a way for WWE to jumpstart the all-dual-brand pay-per-view format going forward. As is the case with everything in WWE, nothing is set in stone until it happens. The idea of holding the WWE draft at Backlash is certainly being discussed, though, within WWE. Pasty, what is your thoughts on this um, This perhaps turning all pay-per-views into the, the Raw SmackDown format? Well, Fat Mac, I am certainly being disgusted. Yes. Uh, we just got the brand split two years ago. It hasn't gone the greatest. We've had a superstar shakeup. That felt way too soon. Yeah. And now, if this is really the case, so we're going to have dual-branded pay-per-views, have you heard some of the new things, the new speculations on this? Um, such as? All, p- all pay-per-views would be longer at four hours with a two-hour pre-show. Yeah, I did hear that they were uh, possibly making them five-hour shows, yeah. Which nobody wants. Let's just be honest. Nobody wants that. I mean, if you can do it right, but... Not every month. I just month. don't know. Like, and how would you go about it? Would it be SmackDown people versus SmackDown people, or would every pay-per-view kind of have a, a war waging between Raw and SmackDown there's ways to make it work, and there's ways that they're going to do it that aren't going to work. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I agree. Anything can work. Um, anything has the possibility to work. I think even with expanding these to five Honestly, hours... this is what happens when Vince McMahon turns over his responsibility of 205 Live to Triple H, and now he's got more time on his hands. <laughs> he's like, you know what? Let's just do away with the brand split. Right. And, you know, I, um, I, I don't, even with them expanding to five hour pay per views, I honestly think the low to mid card guys are just going to get shit on. You're going to have Cena and Reigns and Rollins and AJ always in the main events. And you're going to be losing. I mean, a lot of guys aren't even... People don't get on the card now, and it's and it's Raw branded or SmackDown branded only. There's going to be even less chance for these people to get on a pay-per-view. You know, it's... And I don't want to watch a five-hour pay-per-view every month. I can put up with it for the big four. I can put up with a seven-hour WrestleMania. I can put up with a seven-hour Wrestle Kingdom but I don't want a five-hour fucking pay-per-view every month. 
That's I I don't want to invest that much time watching something, personally. It's um and, and like you said, I I don't know. In, in my opinion, the best way to do it is still only have it SmackDown versus SmackDown and Raw versus Raw. But you know they won't they won't keep that up. They won't do that. Even if they start it that way, it won't last long. They haven't been able. Just, I, my thought is when when Vince started the brand split, he gave control of the shows to Stephanie and Shane, and he said he wanted blood. He wanted competition. We haven't had that. No, much, not enough, not not for what Vince was getting at. And I would like to see people fighting, like maybe not champion versus champion, but give it more, open it up more to people being able to jump shows easier. I don't know, but you know, to me, it having... could be it could be good and interesting. Having more big names on the card, I don't think is going to get people more views or more butts in the seat. If they're not the big four, the uh, the 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 not diehard, the uh, the casual WWE fan still isn't going to buy it or go to it. If it's not the big four, they're still not going to. And um, Royal Rumble excluded, because I really enjoyed Royal Rumble. If they keep having these convoluted storylines that don't make sense, aren't going anywhere, or just dropped, and the matches keep being subpar matches, I don't care how many big names you have there, the people still aren't going to go there and watch your stupid-ass storylines and your boring-ass matches. No matter how many big names you put on the fucking marquee. (coughs) They need to... They're looking at the wrong fucking issue. It's like when when, uh, they were talking about Marvel versus DC and Marvel started beating DC and DC said, well, you know what? Marvel always has more red on their covers. Let's put more red on our covers and we'll sell more. No, the problem was their (laughs) stories were bad and their characters were boring. It's easy to find something little like that and change it. It's hard to look at yourself and see what you need to internally change. And that's what WWE needs to do. It's not It's not change the brand split. The brand split hasn't worked perfectly by no means. But that's because they've given us poor, you know lackluster storylines and, and not entertaining matches. What else has not changed? What else hasn't changed is shitty graphics over so pretty. Oh my god. And now they have it on Raw. Now it's on Raw. Oh shit. <laughs> it's like I thought they were getting rid of it and now it's on Raw. Between that and those stupid selfie interviews where they're holding a phone and giving you low quality shaky cam fucking interviews. Yeah, those things aren't helping either. I give them credit for trying something, but it's not working. I do give them credit for trying it. I'll, I'll give them that, but it's not working. Oh, is it They try. <laughs> it's, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. But I, I don't think, I don't think this is the answer, but we'll see what happens. Maybe it's everybody's making a mountain out of a molehill, and it might just be that Backlash is just going to be co-branded because they're doing the draft, and that way they don't have to change stories. You can do the draft before Backlash, but still have all the same matches you were building up to it. That that could be it. That could just be it. It's just a buffer in between the brand split. And then they go back to the split-branded pay-per-views. 
I like the idea they had for it when they said that Money in the Bank was going to be included as one of the big shows, so there would be five big shows in 2018. Right. And SmackDown would have less shows than Raw. I was okay with that. And and let's just try to get to that, please. Otherwise, you're going to have to do things that are going to make me very happy, and you're not going to do them. So don't do know, it at all. I, would they... You know, the, the next question is, we don't know the answer to this, but the next question is, would they change their pay-per-view lineup as they currently have it? Because right now, there's multiple months that have two pay-per-views at a time in them. Are you going to do two co-branded five-hour pay-per-views in one month? That's where I think you wouldn't get that. You'd get one pay-per-view not. a month, and it would be more time to spend in one sitting. Yeah, I would hope not. I would hope they would adjust but, that. We don't know, but I would hope so. Crazy. Um, I think I've ranted all I I just hope this is a bunch of internet hype. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. I agree. And um, speaking of internet hype, uh, everybody was talking about this the last couple weeks. Booker T has now shot down the rumor that he and Corey Graves have any heat. Uh, Booker was on Sam Roberts' radio show, and he flat out said, he said, you know what, we were on our radio show, we had, we had done our last segment, and we had more time on the air that we had to do. When you're on a radio show, you have to put in a certain amount of time. Oh, excuse me. And he said they just, you know, they had heard the rumors that just because he, you know, they banter back and forth on air that Corey and him had beef. And so he said they just played it up. He said, I... And and if you go back and listen to it, he's, it is. It's a wrestling promo. He shot a wrestling promo. He even said, if you mess with my green, I'm going to get mean, you know. <laughs> um, he said right. that. You don't say that for real if you're about to fight somebody. Right? He said that um, uh, once it started getting big, he said once he seen that Forbes was actually uh, airing an article about it, he actually texted Corey Graves and let him know that things were cool. And that was the day that Corey Graves sent out the um, Art of War tweet from Sun Tzu. So Corey Graves was in on it, just playing with it. Uh, I know we, at least myself, I don't remember what your stance was. I thought it was kind of a work shoot. Like, yeah, they, they did have beef in the back, but this was just them kind of overdoing it and playing it up. The way it sounds, at least from Booker, and, and yeah. you know, they could lie, but it, the way it sounds, they were just having fun, just um, just working the people, just working us fans, and I love it. I it think makes it's great. sense. I thought, it, for the most part, it all felt like a work. Corey Graves' Sun Tzu quote, though, that that was where I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. It is. <laughs> so, that's good to know, and it, it's... A, but all and, the Booker T's stuff. I better not catch him out on the streets. Yeah, yeah he no. said, not at work, not at the airport, but on the streets. <laughs> he specifically said not at the airport. I love how he, he went back and reiterated, not at the airport, <laughs> Del Rio, not yeah. at the airport. Yeah, so I mean, it's good. it's good to know that it's good to know there's no heat between them. It's also good to know that in this day and age, we can still be worked over a little bit. I think it's fun. I think it's good. I think it, I think it's yeah. great. I love to be worked over. I love it. Um, All wrestlers get their purse. Yeah, of course. 
Like Braun Strowman, who's turning into a cartoon character. Oh, don't... We'll talk about that, man. I'm not certainly happy with that, <laughs> personally. But who knows? Um, Somebody who is a rib joker, a midnight smoker, uh, Rick Flair. Oh, Rick Flair. What are we going to do with you, man? So... <laughs> The official store for WWE Hall of Famer Ric Flair, the RicFlairShop.com, was selling what he called a woo compromise contract for $50 autographed by Ric Flair. The product has been pulled from the store, and the tweet that was advertising it has been deleted. Um, for those of you who want to see it, not only can you throw it in your Google machine and find it pretty quickly, but we posted it on our facebook.com forward slash beefsticks podcast Facebook page. So go to our Facebook page. It's right there. You can see the actual contract, what it looked like. Read it word for word. But I... You can right-click it, save it, print out your own copy for a whole hell of a lot less than $50. Yeah, it won't be signed by Ric Flair, but you can just sign it. Nobody fucking knows. Just say he was drunk. <laughs> um, I, I will read to you what the contract said though I'm, I'm going to read it let you know what it is in case you don't feel like looking it up the contract reads as follows by signing this compromise both parties involved agree to ride Space Mountain and engage in sexual relations on this night this contract adheres to guidelines of informed consent and both people in the relationship must be present and not in an intoxicated state before signing. No party shall be pressured or persuaded into something that they do not want to do, and they reserve the right to terminate the contract if need be. This contract has the signed and sealed approval of the nature boy Ric Flair, who has taken many women for a ride on Space Mountain and has the utmost respect for women. Um, You know... First off, I want to say, I'm not offended by this. I find it funny. Um, and it's Ric Flair to a T. It's it just Ric Flair great. being Ric Flair. But this is not good timing. And it's very play. elegantly worded. <laughs> Some, sometimes. Sometimes. The way he words it, back nobody forth. should get anything negative from it. <laughs> um, but it's just, the, it's the poor timing. With everything going on in Hollywood and, and everywhere, it's not even just Hollywood now, um, with the Me Too and the Time's Up deal going on, it's it's poor timing. And I just think, and, and the fact that, you know, people have pointed out the fact that he's trying to make money off of all these women who have been, you know, hurt allegedly also is not cool. And I, and I would agree with that, him using this negative thing for his own monetary gain, isn't cool. It's a good business move, but it's not cool. The makers of Pepper Spray do the same thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, again, it's it's good business. It's just not cool. All he's trying to do is protect women. Now, there should be more sexual content, consent contracts out there. Um, Everybody should have to carry one around in their wallets and purses. It reminds me of the old Dave Chappelle skit. Remember that one? He's like, uh, initial here for oral. He's like, uh, check this box for anal. Uh, yeah, I figured. <laughs> but, you know, what What makes this matter worse, when, when he tweeted out um, that he was selling this, he attached the trending hashtags 
Me Too and Time's Up. And those are the things that all these women are coming out and and admitting to what happened and, and voicing their stuffs. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, again, I, I personally am not offended and I think it's funny. Um, and, and I personally think it's almost getting to that point in this society where you almost have to have a fucking contract. Cause otherwise it's, he said, she said, and it's, and it's just fucking crazy. So I, I get it. I yeah. get it. It's, it's wild. Um, bad taste. Yes. Classic Ric Flair. Also. Yes. Uh, pasty's actually already printed out a copy himself. Uh, the Twitter account. I at- have a whole binder. <laughs> right. Tear away fucking sleeves. Shh. <laughs> Uh, at WrestleVotes from Twitter has shared the following. And I'm going to quote them. Texting with WWE source this morning. Interesting note. The reason both pay-per-views prior to Mania have multi-man main events, and then in brackets it says 12 guys total, is to keep the fans guessing as to what's in store for WrestleMania. It's a different... You're doing th- a great job at that. <laughs> It's a different thought process. Not sure it's necessarily working, however. So, um, I, we do have some Raw and SmackDown results that we'll get to later, but um, in, in a nutshell, after this week, Raw has now made seven men in the Elimination Chamber and five men in the um, WWE title uh, match at upcoming Fastlane. So we've got a seven-man match and a five-man match in the next two pay-per-views. And it does not... Well, whatever. Go ahead, Pasty. What's what's your thoughts, opinions? Zabba, zabba, zabba. It's dumb. It's not working. I think we all know Roman Reigns is going on to fight Brock Lesnar at Mania. And 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 You there, Pasty? You're breaking up really, really, really bad. I I would like. Pasty, you there? Just see someone here and maybe don't. I don't think he's hearing me, folks. I hear you. Oh, okay, I got that. I have no internet. God damn it. We're struggling to hear you over on this um, end. I, for the sake of any kind of show, I think I'm going to have to apologize to our YouTube audience. And uh, if you want to follow this show, hop on over to Spreaker and join us on the actual podcast half of the show, and we'll see if that makes things better. Well, YouTube fans, come check us out. It ain't over yet. No. We're in it for the long haul. All right, let's see if that helps. I I don't know. (laughs) You're sounding clear just right now, so um, 
<laughs> you wanna you wanna go back over for for the the Spreaker fans here listening? I, I we didn't catch almost anything that you said about the 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 multi man pay per views. So kind of go back over what what your uh, opinions oh. are on that. Well, having having so many people in these matches really, at, at least for me, does nothing because we all know Roman Reigns is still going to fight Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, same as it was six months ago, same as it is now. Um, I mean, yeah, okay, I can hope that Braun Strowman wins and moves on, but logically, he's lost to Brock now twice, and once was in singles competition, so why would he get another shot right now? Right. Um, and then SmackDown, this is a little bit more Dolph's new contract and, and his face turn. I kind of, I think AJ is still going to be winning and moving on to WrestleMania, but at the same point in time, I would love for Shinsuke Nakamura, or for AJ to lose to like Dolph Ziggler and the following Tuesday on SmackDown, Shinsuke Nakamura still walks up to AJ Styles and says, I'm going to beat you at WrestleMania. He doesn't even give a shit about a championship. He just wants to fight AJ Styles at WrestleMania. I think that cool. could make their match ten times better. That that could be cool. I almost thought you were gonna say it'd be a uh, Ziggler and Dolph, or Ziggler and Dolph, Shinsuke and no, Dolph. You, I, I don't want to see Shinsuke and Dolph again. We've seen it no. a thousand times. Well, that's, that's what I was. I don't even want to like, see Dolph win the championship now. But I would love for AJ to lose the title and Shinsuke still be gunning for AJ. He he uses his fucking Royal Rumble win just to fight AJ at WrestleMania. That would be amazing. I think that would that would elevate both AJ and Shinsuke to prove that they're they're such a big attraction that they don't need the title. Um, I do think it devalues the the world title, which I I I never like that. Um, so it's a give and take. I mean, as long as I'm getting Shinsuke and AJ at the pay-per-view, I don't care. I'm happy. So Hey, Raw has me programmed to believe that the top title doesn't matter. So Yeah, I, I hear you. I hear you. Um, now, as for all the guys in there, to me, putting all these guys in the main event actually makes me care less about almost every one of and them. And then the build into Mania could be building AJ Styles as the man who has nothing left to lose. Yeah. No, I like the idea. I just, yeah, I feel all these people in the main event, it it um, it um, takes away from all of the guys. I think when you got seven guys in the chamber, when you got five guys fighting for the title, yeah, it just devalues everyone in there to, to me to me um especially when they're just throwing they're just throwing title matches at everybody how to write good story leading up to mania yeah they don't it was supposed to be aj versus either sammy or owens and then it became both of them and then you got corbin and then you got ziggler and it's like you want a title shot and you got a title shot and you got it everybody gets a title shot it's if everybody gets it, then it's not important that anybody got it. You know what I mean? Once Baron Corbin and Ziggler got a title yeah. shot, it's not important. I'm sorry. Sorry, Corbin and Ziggler. But but now it's not important. Right. They're at IC United States Championship level. 
<laughs> and uh, hopefully we'll have time it's... when we go over SmackDown for me to talk about how that totally spits in the face of uh, of the beginning of Raw to begin with. Um, so I want to get into that later. I don't want to use this time to do that, but it's getting to be too All much. Right. Getting to be too much. It really is. It's all copy-paste. Copy-paste. That's never notice. Yeah, it's lazy writing. Lazy fucking writing. Lazy writing. Moving on to other lazy people. I'm just kidding. Matt Riddle was the subject of a new editorial for Vice Sports, and he opened up on his marijuana use, which he has been very open about. On using marijuana as an alternative to ADHD medication, he said, quote, I did my research, I've had hand surgeries, I've used pharmaceuticals, and I eventually felt like, holy shit, this is addicting and I shouldn't be taking this because I want to take more and I'm not even in pain. Marijuana never feels like that. I just like the way it makes me feel. I'm about to be 32, I barely work out, and I'm shredded. I don't think it's because of the weed, but I don't think it's hurting me either, you know? Then, when he was asked if he'd quit smoking weed for a job in the WWE, he said, quote, If the money was right with WWE and they said, you have to quit smoking, I'd quit smoking. If New Japan was down, I wouldn't bring weed to Japan. I'm not an idiot, he says. Uh, which I, I couldn't help but feel was a shot at X-Pac, but, you know, maybe not. Uh, he right. goes, goes on to say, I know the Japanese drink, so I'd still enjoy myself. Honestly, right now I make six figures. I make my own merchandise. I'm the main or co-main event of every show I'm on. I get to be me, and I get to wrestle like I want to. Can they promise me that? If not, why would I go to WWE to probably make less money and be gone more? By the time they do pick me up, if they decide to, I'll be worth so much more. What are your thoughts on this, Pasty? I mean... I got nothing against weed. Uh, WWE has had pot smoking aficionados as part of their programming in the past. I don't. I don't know. As long as he pays the fines, what's the problem? I don't think it's you just get to pay the fine and then just go. I don't think you just get to pay to use it. If he if he had three strikes, he'd be out. Rob Van Dam paid to use. I'm just and saying. He got let go. Plus, I believe that was before their three strikes law. Um, But they have a three strikes rule. Three strikes and you're out. So. Yeah. Well, then it's probably in his best interest to not sign with WWE. Yeah. I guess, you know, I have nothing against him smoking weed. If it helps for his ADHD, that's awesome. If you can do it without using pharmaceuticals, that is great. Some people it works great for, some people it doesn't. If he wants to smoke weed just to go out and have a fun time in the party, I'm all for it. Go do it. If you're not hurting anybody fucking rock on i was on you know i was on here what was it six months ago or more talking about how i don't care if they fucking use steroids fucking juice up man if it gives us a better product fucking juice it up i'm okay with it 
It's your body. I don't give a shit. Now, WWE has the right to make their own rules because they're their own company. And like he said, if they offered him enough money, he'd quit smoking. That's his That's his choice. Um, like he said, right now he makes good money. He gets to smoke weed to take care of whatever uh, ailments he has. And he gets to wrestle his type of, of match. And I mean, that's... When you when you talk to wrestlers, that's that's invaluable. Being able to be yourself. Well, but I mean, if he has ADHD and uses marijuana to to help with that, and he goes to WWE and they offer him enough money and he quits smoking, he's still going to have ADHD. No amount of money is going to get rid of that. Correct. Correct. And the prescription drug. But he could. Which yeah, are he... still going to show up in his tests, which are still going to get him strikes. No, no, they will eventually get him fired. We've if, seen it happening. No, if we've seen it happening more and more often recently. Not superstars get those, getting busted for things like Adderall. Those are superstars that are taking it without a prescription or not giving WWE the par- proper paperwork. So he he would be able to take his medication there as long as he was upfront about it. It's no different than uh, Enzo's rape charge. If he would have been upfront about it, he'd still be employed with them right now. He wouldn't be wrestling. But he'd still be employed. If you have to take drugs for for this, that, or the other thing, as long as it isn't on, um, you know, the, the, um, I can't even think of the word now, not sports council, athletic commission. As long as it isn't on the athletic commission no-no list, you can take it. But you need to have proof that that you've been prescribed it. I don't know. Either way, Good for him for speaking up on it and not being afraid to talk about it either. Right. <clears throat> also, I didn't see, I'm sure you probably said something, uh, but uh, Rich Swan was future endeavored. Yeah, we talked about that while you were uh, re- re-plugging. Okay. Yeah, that was, that was under our contract signings departures list. Yep, made me, made me sad. I like him. Especially after everything was dropped. I mean, why wouldn't you give him another chance? You already freed up money by getting rid of Enzo. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like uh, um, I had mentioned while you were doing it, I don't know if it was on him, if it was on WWE. Um, it says it was a mutual agreement. Maybe maybe Swan feels his name's been drugged through the mud so much he needs to step back and, and, and come back later and, and he'd be better. I... I don't know, but I know he would have been a great addition to, to this, this 205 Live kind of rebranding they're doing. So that's a shame. For sure. Um, Impact had a media conference call just the other day. Conan was on there, and he said that Pentagon and Phoenix versus LAX is a dope idea, but there's a problem with AAA owning the Pentagon and Phoenix names. He hopes that things can change, and he's working behind the scenes to make it happen. For folks who don't know Pentagon or Phoenix, they're both uh, AAA wrestlers. They're featured prominently in Lucha Underground. Pentagon is one of the best, I mean, he is one of the best heels ever. He is just, he can play a sadistic badass so good. And Phoenix is one of the great high flyers, right up there with your Rey Mysterios, your Pox. Your uh, uh, anybody, he's he's awesome. 
What do you think of seeing Pentagon and Phoenix and in, in, in Impact? <coughs> um, there's better places you could go. <laughs> Especially with 205 Live having their rebranding. Right. It's it's an interesting move for sure. I mean, good for them. Any move for change is, is a good thing, as long as it's good for you. Maybe they can help bring back the magic of Impact. Yeah, the X Probably Division not. could use it. but And you know what, to be fair, I don't watch Impact at all anymore, so I guess um, even Pentagon and Phoenix going there isn't going to get me to tune in every week, although I may find their matches online and watch them. I don't know. On that same conference call, Josh Matthews... Uh... Oh, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. Say your piece, buddy. Well, you did bring up that they were in the line of people like Rey Mysterio. And uh, uh, did we bring up uh, Rey Mysterio's signing? I Last I had heard, he hadn't signed with anybody. So if you got some news on that, let he's me know. I know he going was going to talking. New Japan. Okay, I know he he's was talking least, with he's New at Japan. Least in, yeah, he's at least scheduled to fight one fight yeah. For them when they you know come what? over to California. You're right. I missed that. I was going to put that up there. Thank you. Because I did not have that down in the news. Yeah. On their uh, their American show, he is going to wrestle. Um, and he's wrestling um, Jushin Thunder Liger, I believe, is who he's wrestling. Am I right on that? Yep. You are right on that. I mean, that's a fucking dream match. Those two, as far as I know, have never wrestled. Even though Jushin was big in uh, NWA and WCW, Rey Mysterio got big after... Liger was gone from WCW. So as far as I know, those two haven't met before. Fucking woo! That's gives me goosebumps. Now let's just say, uh, even even if Rey Mysterio signed a three match contract with New Japan, like like Chris Jericho did, New Japan is making some big movements with XWWE guys, and it just spells bigger and better things for the future. It gets me excited all the time, especially when. Two days before Rey Mysterio it was announced that he was going to be fighting for New Japan, he had released a statement saying you could see him in the WWE sometime very soon. Right. Very interesting. They are they are definitely putting a lot into expanding to the United States. They are really invested in this. They want to make they want to be number two in the United States. And, you know, you can tell when they have these United States shows, they're putting their all out there. And, yeah, they're coming back to the United States. Not only do they get a big name like Rey Mysterio, but they're in Southern California where he's biggest. I mean, that's where he's got his biggest fan base. So they are really doing everything they can do to expand this to the West. And it's I think it's great. I, I just want to know who's next. Who's next? You know, it almost feels like uh, CM Punk. I would love it. I, would I feel if anybody it. can bring him back, it would be them. I think that would be great. I'd, I'd watch it. I think it would just be awesome. Punk versus Omega. You know who else would do well? Punk versus New, New Japan. Skrull. I've, I've been wanting Punk versus Skrull since, they've, since they first talked about it. Um, yeah, yeah, the big guy would be good. They know how to handle uh, big big men over there. 
I could see Ryback over there, for sure. You know how to handle big men over there. Well, you know, you look at people like Tenzai, um, you know, the, for, the the former Albert. He was over in, in, in New Japan, and he was headlining shows. Him and Carl Anderson were headlining shows. Over there, he went by the name Giant Bernard, but they were headlining shows together, and he was huge. WWE seen that, and they're like, hey... He's getting over now. Wait, Let's he didn't go by again. the name Tenzai in New Japan? No, he was Giant Bernard in New Japan. Why WWE come named back him as Tenzai? Because they seen him make a big impact over in Japan, and they were like, hey, we can we can use this. So they brought him over. They put fake <laughs> uh, Japanese tattoos on his head, called him Tenzai, <laughs> but they still booked him the same way they did when he was Albert. Like, they... They don't realize it's not just because he was over in right. Japan. It was how they were booking him. And they they booked him like Albert, but just called him Lord Tenzai. So you'll, you'll see that. You know, look at uh, Doc Gallows. Doc Gallows was huge over there. Doc Gallows was big in TNA. They brought him over to WWE, or they brought him back to WWE, and they still don't book him well. And now he's, to me, he's at the bottom of the... At least the, he's not Festus. Tag pool. Yeah, but you know, Carl Anderson, I mean, I I don't, to me, I don't take uh, the Good Brothers seriously in a tag match. At least, like, for gold or anything? No. Not at all. So, yeah, somebody like a Ryback, who WWE actually pushed pretty well, I could see him doing good over in New Japan. He could be the next Tenzai. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Tenzai. <laughs> yeah, you, so you, you thought they just brought him over and called him Tenzai because they kept his name, huh? I, that's kind of what I thought, yeah. It is a, it is ridiculous that they changed his name to Tenzai instead of either bringing him back as Albert or, you know, I, I don't know if New Japan had Giant Bernard on lock, but back then they also didn't like to use other people's names, so I, I get that. But, yeah, why they didn't just bring him back as Albert to begin with? Yeah. Tenzai was not a better name than Albert. Let me just say that. It's kind no, of goes. No, that actually goes into the the whole racism rant that I got lined up for towards the end of the show. <laughs> he was big in Japan. Let's give him a Japanese name and write Japanese words on him and give him a Japanese manager. Y'all think he's Japanese? Fuck. Oh no, no they won't. <laughs> Where are we at? Oh, you know what? We're talking about uh, Impact still. Um, on on yes. the same conference call we were referencing earlier, Josh Matthews said that Impact will present a monthly Twitch exclusive. The next one will be Destiny on March 4th. I, I feel like, um, they don't say it here, but I feel like those are going to be like their... Uh, do they say it? I think I feel like they're going to be like their one night only... You know they do they used they they do their one night only pay per views, which are really similar to WWE's old in your house pay per views. They're not as big as the big pay per views, but they're they're supposed to be better than a regular show. So that's kind of, I think to me that's what I see. Anyways, um, there will be more exclusive content that is added to Twitch. Global Wrestling Network will also be a place to keep up with latest episodes of Impact, and you can also watch the one night only events on. Oh, there we go. On a global wrestling network, GWN and Twitch 
platforms are supposed to send fans back and forth between content, between each other, kind of work together to all promote each other. They will also live stream their April 7th show from WrestleCon during WrestleMania weekend via their Twitch channel. Um, As Sammy Callahan noted that their Barbed Wire Massacre match definitely helped launch the Impact Twitch channel. He says that there are always going to be people unhappy about how there wasn't enough blood, but even without so much blood, he thinks that the uh, they told an, uh, an absolutely amazing story. Did you ever end up watching that match, Pasty, the Barbed Wire Massacre? No, unfortunately. I thought it was really good. It was not near as bloody as I thought, but it was definitely ruthless. There was definitely a... There, the reason it wasn't bloody is because they never bladed, but they did, um, they did use the barbed wire a hell of a lot, and there was bleeding. It just wasn't gushing like if you blade yourself. There was just bleeding from where the barbed wire was puncturing their skin. So, and a lot of use of tables and chairs and, and everything. It was, I thought it was a good match. I enjoyed it. Um, anybody out there who hasn't seen it and is interested in watching it, the video is on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash beefsticks podcast. It's on there. If you'd like to watch it, we shared a link for it. Um, TNA sure is trying to promote this Twitch deal. It kind of reminds me of when WWE was really trying to promote, uh, whatever that they're fucking their thing. They were trying to push. I don't even remember what it was. Um, boy, I don't even remember. They had their social media platform they were trying to partner with, and it just failed. You remember? Uh, uh, tout. Tout, yeah, tout. tout. Kind of reminds tout. me of the whole tout thing. Um, you know, Twitch, Twitch, Twitch is, is here. a budding social media platform, though. Twitch is a, a yeah, very, it is, it is, it's a very strong platform, and it gets stronger every time YouTube fucks up more. So, it's a viable platform. I guess I, I, to me, I feel the opposite. I think it's, it's the uh, MySpace or the Tout, where it's like it's here, but it isn't going to be around very much longer. I, no, well, it's not. It's me. not. It's not like Facebook, though. It's not like MySpace. No, it's not. It's a, it's, it's a, a stream live stream. Yeah, it's a streaming. Yeah. But with with uh, YouTube. And Hulu and Netflix and Disney and HBO, like all these things that actually, that people actually watch. I, I mean, I don't see Twitch. Twitch Twitch, is for Twitch has impact. Twitch has impact wrestling. That's their exclusive. (laughs) A lot of people who stream on Twitch are people who've streamed on YouTube and been demonetized or had their content taken down. Right. I do know Twitch, that Twitch is a place for gamers, and I feel like gamers and wrestling fans do go kind of hand in hand. So yeah, I do know that you can get away with more on Twitch. Um, there's a couple platforms I don't remember. There's one platform that I know a couple YouTube users or former YouTube users really promote. It's not Twitch. I don't remember what it is, but I know the thing about them is they they allow you to to do more. You can, and I don't mean by do more. I don't mean swearing or this or that or the other. But you can like play audio clips or play video, like you said, of, of video games. And uh, YouTube will take down a lot of things because it's quote-unquote copyrighted. But if you're not just streaming the show, if you're doing it to air clips, I know a lot of um, a lot of critics 
would get a lot of shit taken down because they were airing clips of videos. And it's like, it's fair use. So I know Twitch and a couple other ones are more lenient on that. So I, I can see that being a place to escape, but I... No, and I think in a, in a, in an internet world where entertainers need to stay steps ahead of all the DNCs, it's... I think Twitch will be here for a while. And by the time it gets overly monetized, there'll be something else to move on to. I don't think there'll ever be a perfect platform for it, but I, I, yeah. I definitely think Twitch is here for a good while yet. Twitch will be the impact to, to YouTube's WWE. <laughs> no. And and that's why Impact is on it. <laughs> um... So how about Mr. Cena, man? Every time you think he's he's such a good guy, there's all these things talking about him healing up. <laughs> Here's another heel move from Cena. TMZ reports that John Cena is fighting back against a lawsuit by Ford. Yes, folks, Cena is being sued by Ford Motor Company over the sale of his rare Ford GT, saying the car company screwed up the paperwork and he wants the case thrown out. According to the report, Cena says Ford never included a provision in the paperwork that prevented him from selling the car before the company's 24-month resale provision was up. Now, to catch you up on things, Ford originally sued Cena over selling the limited-edition Ford GT car, which is valued at 450000 So it's cheaper than a Hogan appearance, folks. <laughs> uh... And uh, um, because John Cena sold the car within two years of purchase, which they say was one of the terms that buyers, which included Houston Astros' Justin Verlander and NASCAR's Joey Logano, agreed to. According to the original filing of the suit in November, Cena told Ford he sold the car and other property to pay bills. Ford's original claim against Cena stated... uh, before we get into that, he pay he, fucking Cena is is now selling vehicles to pay bills. What the fuck happened to Cena? Holy shit! He's selling his car to pay his fucking mortgage. God damn! That rock must have been a hell of a fucking ring he put on Nikki's finger. God damn! Right. Selling cars to make do, man. He, make, he makes it sound like he's living paycheck to paycheck, man. Um, so anyways, Ford's original... He's got a stubbly beard. Right. He's very disheveled. Ford stated, Mr. Khaki Cena shorts caked has, in dirt. has unfairly made a large profit from the unauthorized resale flip of the vehicle, and Ford has suffered additional damages and losses, including, but not limited to, loss of brand value, ambassador activity, and customer goodwill due to the improper sale. Hey, it's a Ford. I'd have sold that shit, too. (laughs) Yeah, this is just fun. It's gonna end up getting, uh... It's gonna get get worked out out of court. You know that. They're gonna... They're both gonna pay something, or... It's going to end up with Ford giving him another car that he can't get rid of in his entire life. Probably. They're going to make him drive And they're going to shackle him to it. Sell his shit. <laughs> he's going to have to have Ford trucks in his next season of American Grit. Something like that. Got to put Ford trucks up there hauling logs. 
something stupid <laughs> like that. It's stupid. It's stupid. That's white people problems, as they say. White people problems. But I, did, I just I like Cena says Ford never included a provision in the paperwork that prevented him from selling the car before the company's twenty-four month resale provision was up. <laughs> Which they makes it sound like the provision, the provision was there, but there wasn't a provision saying he had to adhere to that provision. Yeah, exactly. They did say that I couldn't do it, but they didn't say that I had to not do it. That's some good lawyering right there. That's some yeah. good lawyering right there. It did say I couldn't sell it, but it did say from I had Kashyyyk. to not sell it. And if Wookiees are from Kashyyyk, then you must acquit. <laughs> I, just, I still, I'm still tickled that he he fucking said he had to sell the car to pay fucking bills. He had to sell the car and other property to pay bills. It's like he's already fucking buying track. What kind of shit? Hawking fucking VCRs for a bump. I just love that. I just love it. Something about that tickles me. I'm not happy to see anybody in a hard time. But something about that just tickles me, man. Well, Cena lives a really private life. Nobody knows what it's like. <laughs> insane man it's insane <laughs> speaking of cena though it seems that uh seth rollins stepped up to the leader of the c nation backstage at this week's raw it's not known what seth called john out on but cena tweeted today a friend did what friends do confronted me about my shortcomings and gave me an opportunity to hashtag earn the day and then he uh, tagged WWE Rollins and said, thank you, hashtag never give up. Maybe he's confronting him on his crack addiction. Maybe he's like, dude, <laughs> dude, you're selling trucks just to buy that fucking rock. It's not worth it, man. <laughs> oh. A GT isn't a truck, sir. Oh, fucking car, Yeah. <laughs> Damn Mustang, fucking just, I just think it's, uh, yeah, good. Good for, hey, good for Rollins for stepping up to Cena and giving him some, uh, some, some good advice or, or confronting him or, or, or whatever, you know, giving him some criticism, whatever it may have been. Again, we don't know what it was. It must not have been too bad that Cena was afraid to talk about it because he tweeted about it. We'll find out next week on Monday Raw. Right. Good for him. Also good for the FDA. The FDA has released a statement which will no doubt have an effect on the way WWE, the NFL, actually pretty much all sports other than curling, uh, handle concussion treatment. In the statement, they reveal a blood test called Banyan Brain Trauma Indicator. In short, it measures levels of proteins known as UCHL1 and GFAP that are released from the brain into blood and measured within 12 hours of head injury. Levels of these blood proteins after concussions can help predict which patients may have intracranial lesions and which ones won't. Being able to predict if patients have a low probability of intracranial lesions can help healthcare professionals in their management of patients and test results can be available within three to four hours. Um, that sounds very boring and scientific, but it, it also, to me, it sounds pretty cool. It's neat that they can maybe do this blood test and maybe kind of know right off the bat how people are doing and, and if they need to worry more on them or if they can kind of relax. 
Yeah. Yeah, no, it's definitely cool to be able to have the results that much sooner and, and have a, a more clear picture painted for you. <coughs> Is it going to get Daniel Bryan his in-ring career back? It very Probably well could. <laughs> uh, and, and, and it's just, you know, it's in its beginning phases, so they're not going to be using it immediately or nothing. But, you know, concussion testing takes days. So if they can do something within three to four hours, like let's just use... You know, let's just use WWE for an example. If somebody gets their bell rung, as they used to say back in the day, if this thing's readily available, if they can go to the hospital, take their blood, find out before the night's over if they're in any good condition to wrestle the next day, they can go to the next place and wrestle again. Now, is that going to lead to people falling in the cracks and end up taking risks they shouldn't? Possibly. Most definitely, possibly, anything comes with risks. Well, we'll see how it all pans out from here. But before we get a lot of lashback from our millions and millions of listeners here on B-Sticks Podcast, I would like to say that this will help the participants in curling as well. God damn it, it's slippery out there. You're skating sideways and pushing a broom. You could fall and bust your head. You could fall and bust your head and then have the curling iron slam you in the face. Yeah, but honestly, aren't they just Canadian? I mean, they're pretty brain damaged when they're born. And it... And it... It's spade a spade. Ladies and gentlemen, Fat Mac thinks everybody from Canada is like the cast of Trailer Park Boys. <laughs> Who, well, ironically, uh, uh, half of the cast was actually born in Canada. Did you know that? Well, yeah, it's all shot in Canada, and it's made in Canada by Canadians. Oh, I didn't know that. I've never watched it, so I was just trying to be a smartass. Yeah. Trailer Park I'm Boys does not you. seem like it would be made in Canada. It seems like it'd be made in Alabama. <laughs> too cold in canada for trailers they should know better fucking shit pipes are gonna freeze and shit'll come up in the shower <laughs> that they know never happens <laughs> don't they know that <coughs> oh hey ring of honor has announced that ring of honor world champion dalton castle will not only be on the cruise of jericho but we'll be serving as a cruise director. Good for you, Dalton. I think the boys are going to be there handing out drinks. A made-up title for a made-up character. Yes, I love it. I'm just happy he's going to be on that. That cruise of Jericho, I really wish I could get tickets for that, because that's going to be fun. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. That'd be a hell of a time. Going to be fun. Um, back to the rumor mill and something for us to discuss a little bit here, Pasty. Rumor has it that Ronda Rousey will have a major match at WrestleMania, which I don't think shocks anybody. And she will be teaming with a yet-to-be-determined male wrestler to take on Stephanie McMahon and Triple H. Pasty White, who could we see? It can only be The Rock. It can only be The Rock. And they're, they're leaving it up in the air with all this. The Rock's got movie contracts. His insurance might not let him do it. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Sorry, you set this up four years ago. Three years ago. It couldn't be anybody else. Couldn't? So you're saying if for some reason The Rock can't couldn't. do it, that they're not going to do the match? I've heard people say, oh, it could be Seth Rollins. 
Fuck that. See, that's that's <laughs> kind of where my head was going. I, you know, the first thing I thought was maybe Kurt Angle, and that would make if sense. It can't be the Rock. It just needs to be Rousey versus Stephanie. But is 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 well, two things. Number one, is Rousey ready to hold a whole match by herself? Probably not, especially not a WrestleMania match. And can Stephanie hold a whole match by herself? No, we know she can't. So it well, almost it has matter, to be a tag match. It, at WrestleMania, if this is an intergender tag match, you ain't going to see Rousey versus Stephanie anyway. Yeah, you would. Nah. Stephanie's going to take out every time Ronda gets in the ring. You might see, like, maybe two minutes of interaction between them. Yeah, but you'll get the you'll get the the real wrestling of Triple H and whoever, and then you'll get the cowardice, the storytelling of Stephanie, and then at one point, Stephanie's going to get stuck in there, and Ronda's going to whoop the shit out of her, and then everybody's going to pop, and it's going to be a huge moment. <sighs> and presumably, Ronda would get the if pin on Stephanie. If it's not going to be The Rock, it needs to be Daniel Bryan. Okay. You you Now the Rock, I I agree. The Rock is the first name that comes to mind for me. And um like you said, they're saying all these excuses. They said the same thing about Ronda Rousey being at at the Rumble that she wasn't right. even in the country. So yeah, yeah, they could easily play us. Um but playing devil's advocate if it's not the Rock, Kurt Angle wouldn't be a bad idea. You already have the built-in storyline yes, between would. You have the built-in storyline between Stephanie and Kurt. And with it being a tag match, Kurt doesn't have to go out there and just do one-on-one and and carry the match by himself. So at least there would be storyline reason why. Like, there's not really a reason why Rock would come and wrestle them two other than just to be on WrestleMania. Um, Although it would sell tickets, Kurt Angle has the history. Seth Rollins, again, like you said, people have named Rollins. Rollins has the history with Triple H, unfinished history. And he has nothing to do for WrestleMania right now because everybody keeps getting hurt and he doesn't fucking... It was going to be him and, and fucking Ambrose and now they're hurt and then it was going to be him and Jordan and now he's hurt. It's like fucking... Now Ambrose may... I'm assuming Ambrose will be back by Mania so they could possibly still do that. But I mean, again, at least there's storyline reasons. Um, You know, it sounds like Braun and Miz is going to be there but I could see Braun doing it. Because they still have unfinished business from when uh, Triple H, you know, from uh, the Survivor Series match. The Survivor Series match. Yep. So, I mean, I like there to be some story. I'm with you. I want this to be The Rock. That's your best. That's your best bet is having The Rock in there. This is nothing but a gimmick match, and it's taking away a whole spot from real wrestlers. So if we're going to do right. that, let's go all the fucking I way feel like there. I'm getting cheated out of a Triple H match. That, well, that's what I, That's you, my big gripe right here. Are you ever cheated out it. of a Triple H match? <laughs> I, mean, I, I, probably... I enjoy my Triple H matches <laughs> at WrestleMania. Triple H Rollins was very good. Very, very good. Triple um, H Bryan was very good. Yeah, yeah, actually that was. It was the opener, but that was very good. Um, it'll be, I mean, it'll be what it's going to be. The Rock would be great. The Rock would be awesome. And like you said, they set it up like two or three years ago where 
Ronda confronted Steph anyways, and The Rock was there with the flamethrower, and so, I mean, The Rock has done less. <laughs> he came out with a flamethrower once. <laughs> hmm. Well, moving on, we got a couple injuries to go into, and then we'll uh, maybe then we'll go to our top ten list. Uh, Pasty, you want to get into the injuries? Yes. Conan goes in for hip surgery on March 8th and then says he's going to go into training with Rey Mysterio for a return to in-ring action. Whoa! I want to go in for training with Rey Mysterio. Right? I I agree. (laughs) Good for him. Conan hasn't been you just want to take a Bronco Buster from Rey Mysterio. Uh, that's Tony Schiavone. Tony Schiavone is into the Rey Mysterio. Um, I I think it's great. <laughs> Conan has not been active for I think over a decade now. So if he could, if if he could, um, I think it would be awesome. He deserves it. He's a great wrestler. He's Where is a he great going? Talent. Uh, I would guess AAA. I don't know, but I, w- I would guess... Uh, well, I would guess CMLL. Because as far as I know, he still wrestles CMLL. He helped found CMLL. He's the founder, so he would do that. Which means you probably wouldn't get him in uh, Lucha Underground because that's a AAA show. So you don't get that. My guess would be CMLL. Uh, CMLL works with New Japan, so you could see him in New Japan, for sure. There you go. That'd be a good place for him to work Yo, anywhere he, with New Japan. He seems likes, to be the good place. Yeah, but he likes the the Mexican lucha libre style, and um, not that you can't get that in New Japan because you obviously can. Uh, but I, I think he's he's more than happy to even just stay in CMLL and wrestle there, and not not make an impact in in either. Um, the United States or New Japan. I mean, if you remember, back before anybody in in the United States knew him, before WWE tried to make him Max Moon in that weird fucking robot samurai getup, he he bought yeah, a yeah, Rolls yeah. Royce. No, was it a conver- uh, Corvette? He bought a Corvette when he was like 15 years old because he was making so much money in wrestling and in um, TV and movies. So it's like, well, you know, I think he's more than happy to just be a superstar in Mexico. Not to say he wouldn't be good in WWE or New Japan, Ring of Honor, Lucha Underground, any of those. Well, we'll see how it goes. Wish him a speedy recovery and have fun training with Rey Mysterio. I mean, you're in good hands there, unless he kills you. Yeah, that could happen. But <laughs> Rest in peace, Pedro Agawa. <laughs> in other injury news, Big Cass, PW Insiders reporting that recently has been seen working out at the WWE Performance Center. From what they are told, Cass has been walking around on his own without any assistance and is in great shape. Well, yeah, his crutch 
Vincenzo Amore is removed from the company. <laughs> Initially, <laughs> WWE doctor Chris Robinson said that Cass would be out of action for up to nine months. But that was six months ago. At this time, there are no reports of Cass taking bumps in the ring, but that is certainly the direction his recovery is heading. Glad to hear about him after he didn't show up in the Royal Rumble like I had predicted. Right? <laughs> um, Hopefully he's used this time to work on his mic skills more than anything. Yeah, and you know, I mean, to give the devil his due, he was getting better before he ended up getting injured. When he was, uh, when Enzo was out injured and he was forced to go on his own, he was doing better. Um, he just, he just to keep it looks up. so scared every time he's saying any line. He looks like a terrified child. Right. And there's got to be somebody holding cue cards at ringside for the way he's always, like, staring off into space and pointing down. <laughs> Probably is. He's telling them to switch the, the cue card. Right. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, hopefully we'll see him back soon. <coughs> so, oh shit. No, that doesn't work either. So shit. So shit. So shit. So without further ado, I think we will move on to our top ten couples list. And, um, and I will, I will bring us in, kind of set us up and then Pasty can maybe take a look at the list that we forgot to set up, even though we had a bunch of names written down and didn't have them. (laughs) And he can uh, play around with it if he wants to, while I bring us in with this, because I think I got it set up the way we want it now. (laughs) We're. We're not on the ball today, folks. I'm sorry. There's been a lot of shit between technical difficulties and personal difficulties, and oh, it's been uh, it's been something else. So we decided it it is it's Valentine's weekend. It's just two days off, or not weekend? It's Valentine's week. I guess it's the weekend. It's Friday. Two days off from Valentine's Day. Love is in the air, and you know what? Pro wrestling and couples go hand in hand. Whether they're valets, whether they're backstage power couples, whether they're getting married on screen um, in, in, in the middle of the ring and you know it's going to be just destroyed. They're a huge part of, of what makes pro wrestling the soap opera that we love so much. They're a huge part right. of it. That dramatic edge. Exactly. It gives you the emotion that you may not get otherwise. Um, you get a chance to look at it yet, Pasty? Kind of. Um, 12 is blank. There's, there's a only, E below it. There's only 1 through 10, so it should just be 1 through 10. Yeah, it hasn't... Hang on. 
is there any, is there basically is there anything you disagree with or, or want to add or take out? Oh, Mark Mero. Well, I, I don't know. Hang on. I don't know. It's not fully like it's not synced the way it should be. <laughs> give me, give me one moment. You can only get it here, folks. You can only get it here. Oh, here we could do that. I think I think I might have fixed your problem because there's another one that I wanted on here that isn't on here. <clears throat> so I think I fixed your problem, whether it updated or not. <coughs> yeah, I see only first. ten now. Okay, but now I changed the one you were talking about. So <clears throat> everything else should be in order. So it'll either update by then or I'll let you know what number seven is, okay? Well, is it just one name change? No. Uh, okay. All right, then. Let's kick it off with number 10, Triple H and Stephanie McMahon, WWE's true power couple. Yes. You know, kind of felt like they had to be on together this list. in a storyline <laughs> where Triple H drugged and raped her. <laughs> yeah, it. You know, I, I felt like I really didn't want them on this list, but I felt like they had to be on this list because they are such a huge part of WWE. And Vince likes to fuck with the show, so we got to do everything in our power to uh, appease him. Right. Right. Um, yeah, the uh, the genesis of this couple is pretty weird because it was Triple H trying to get back at Mr. McMahon by drugging his daughter and uh, going through a drive-in wedding chapel and, and marrying her. Um, then they got into, uh, you know, and then he tortured him. But then later on, Stephanie turned on her father and sided with Triple H and then from there, there were so many mixes of the, the McMahon-Helmsley regime. Uh, Shane would be with his dad. Shane would be with Triple H. Stephanie would be with Shane. Triple H would be with uh, McMahon. Stone Cold would get thrown in there. The Rock would get thrown in there. It was <laughs> The Undertaker would get thrown in there. It was such a jumble. Uh, but the whole time, Triple H and Steph were banging, and, and Vince didn't even know. And In fact, he was not happy when he found out. He always told her she would never date a wrestler. And now... Right. And Triple H basically owns half the company. Right. It was definitely a... Uh, he operates half the shows. Definitely a profitable pussy. It was definitely a profitable <laughs> pussy. Uh... All right. Yeah. Number That's nine. That's enough spotlight. <laughs> Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae. Um, this is a newer couple to WWE audiences, but they have been a couple for quite some time now since uh, since the independent days, since wrestling in PWG and and the like. Candice LeRae obviously was a uh, was a tag team partner with Joey Ryan. But she was dating Johnny Gargano the whole time, and they've been married now for quite some time. 
most recently, um, I think to, to most people's enjoyment, at the last NXT TakeOver when Johnny Gargano was facing Andrade Cien Almas, Candice LeRae actually jumped out from the from the, the audience to help... Um, oh my gosh, I'm drawing a blank on, on Andrade's valet. Anyways, to, to uh, kind of even the score against Andrade's valet and keep her from interfering. So Candice didn't interfere against Cien, but she did help negate his valet. Yes, she did in badass fashion. She's new to WWE. Looking forward to seeing what they can do together. Also want to know if Gargano was ever jealous of her being in the world's cutest tag team. You'd almost have to be, wouldn't you? A penis as powerful as that, man. That's got to give you penis envy. <laughs> How can you trust your woman around a penis as powerful as that? And you know, honestly, out of everybody on this list, these two may be the most good-looking pair on this list. I might be wrong, but I might be right. It's also opinion, not fact, but... Number eight, the infamous Dean Ambrose and Renee Young. Pasty? The power couple WWE never wanted. He was a rough-and-tumbled street thug from the Bronx. She was a upstate girl made for colored commentary and interviews. When they eloped, Vince McMahon was furious. <laughs> the wedding that overshadowed John Cena's engagement to Nikki Bella. <laughs> what a power couple. I... I often find myself sitting and pondering, like, what is their everyday life like? Yeah, they're two very different people. Two very, very different people. And it's much easier for me to think that Renee Young is nothing like her character on television than it is for me to think Dean Ambrose is nothing like his character on television. Right. So... But honestly, I really like these two together, and I I honestly hope they stay together. I think they are a great couple. Oh, yeah. And they both kind of have no fucks to give. I mean, Renee has has been very vocal when she was on Talking Smack, and Dean Ambrose obviously just has no fucks to give, you know. (laughs) And, um, to to the delight of Renee Young... We all know that uh, Dean Ambrose is the titty master, so, you know, she got something there. She has herself a titty master. The next couple is another power couple within the WWE, and that is... Seems to be a trend. (laughs) And that's why they're in the top ten. That is the team of John (laughs) Cena and Nikki Bella. 
Whoa. Oh, gig me. <laughs> the only reason these people are still together is because of Total Divas and Total Bellas. <laughs> yeah. They're they're the typical um um political marriage, if you will, even though they're not married yet. Like they're to, they're together for each other's yeah. career. That's why they're together. Yeah. Money, dollar signs. Yeah. That's what it is to them. I mean, if you've ever watched Total Divas or Total Bellas, their relationship does not seem right <laughs> by any means. <laughs> yeah, and from what you hear backstage, it sounds like that's not just on the TV show, that that's kind of how it is. <laughs> you know, there were the rumors, whether they're true or not, that Vince I McMahon... hope John Cena's like he is on those shows 24 hours a day. I hope that's how he is all the time. The, you know, oh my the, god! The stories you hear backstage. Ask uh, Alex Alex uh, Riley, uh, right about John Cena. He'll tell you. And um, we, we all heard the rumors, whether they're true or not, that Vince McMahon basically made John Cena propose to Nikki Bella in exchange for giving him his uh, tying world title, the Ric Flair tying fifteenth title, sixteenth <laughs> title. It's um. It's a clusterfuck, and uh, really, it's another one we really didn't want to put on the list, but you you have to. He's the biggest man in WWE, the biggest name in WWE right now, and they've done a good job at making Nikki Bella one of the biggest names in the women's division, and they always will. So you you have to have him on here. They didn't crack the top five, but you really have to have him on here, don't you? Whether you want it's It's just like your television. You have to have him on there whether you want to or not. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. What a fucking couple. Yep. Unlike the next couple, Go ahead. America's favorite couple. Yes. Rusev and the ravishing Russian Lana. And how Every could we day not is put Rusev Day? Yeah, how could we not put them on the list on Rusev Day? They had to make the list. It's Rusev Day. <laughs> I want to see Lana snap and, and and turn heel on him. Where's Lana Day? When do I get a day? Right. These two are such a cute couple. They're not. Rusev loves the fact that every day is Rusev Day because now he gets blowjobs every day. And eventually is, she's going to catch John. He is very um if you if you follow his tweets folks, he is very open about their sexual life on Twitter. He lets you know all the time, you know, t- with tweets like didn't notice those bruises on her knees. <laughs> I remember where they came from or just he he has so <laughs> many tweets about how how much he fucks his wife. It's amazing. <clears throat> they almost can't fuck as Did much as Did you ever watch their ride along together? I did. I did. <laughs> Where's the strangest place you've ever did it? In a hotel room? <laughs> right. What are you talking about? The back seat of a car. Yeah. <laughs> I um, don't remember that. And the thing I love about Rusev and Lana is they're not your typical wrestling couple. They didn't meet during a storyline or this or that or the other thing. They met when Rusev was working at a Wendy's. And uh, 
Wendy's, I want to see Rusev cooking Wendy's burgers. It was, it was one of those a, fast food rush. joints. I think it Just was Wendy's. Just angry Rusev. <laughs> God damn it, here I am flipping burgers. Not and wearing it's Rusev a shirt, day. but wearing a white apron. <laughs> <laughs> no, and they, they seem to genuinely be in love. They defied WWE and even got punished for getting engaged when WWE didn't want, when it wasn't convenient for WWE. They're the opposite. When WWE was trying to split them off storyline. Yeah, they were like, fuck you. We're going to make you keep us together. Now, they were fooled because they still got split up. But (laughs) they are the uh, anti-John Cena and Nikki Bella. They, They just, they really, they love each other. You can see that, not just on... Not just on camera, but when they do interviews together and when you see them online and everything. They just, I honestly believe these two love each other. And let's be honest, Rusev has to give her a pounding. (laughs) Right. I could just imagine. Rusev Machka. (laughs) Yep. He probably says that as he busts on her face. Machka! That's probably where came from that could be <laughs> much <Machka>. good <laughs> um, the next uh the next couple on this list pasty actually had to remind me about which is ridiculous because I, I loved these two together they were one of the most entertaining couples ever and that is the rated r superstar edge and vicky guerrero What's that? Not everybody on this list is legit a couple? No way! (laughs) What do you got to say about this? Man, oh man. You brought it up. What a match made in hell. (laughs) Excuse me! By the way, I marked out so hard when she was in the Royal Rumble. I loved that she made it to the Royal Rumble. Yes. Even though they gently yep. took, put her yep. over the rope and set her down, <laughs> she didn't really take a bump. And but... she still fell horribly. <laughs> but it was it was hilarious. I loved it. No, that was perfect. And I think, I don't know if I called it the, the show before the Rumble, but I know earlier that night I was like, Vicky Guerrero, just watch. Vicky Guerrero. <laughs> and yep. <laughs> yeah, you know, this was this was one of those we were going back and forth between Edge and Vicky and Edge and Lita. And Edge and Lita maybe is even the more uh the more popular and they had their live um sex show where Lita actually popped out a titty on live TV. Um <laughs> But you know, to me, Edge and Vicky were the more entertaining, and the more I think Edge was a better Edge with Vicky Guerrero than he was an Edge with Lita. Oh yeah, yeah, because he was totally using her to keep his place at the top. Oh yeah, and it was wonderful. The whole storyline was great. One of the most stomach cringing moments I ever remember is watching the two of them make out on TV. <laughs> right? Horrible stuff. Horrible stuff. And it still sits with me to this day. And the storyline went all the way up until they were supposed to get married on the show, if I remember correctly. Yes. 
And um, and they didn't get married. Do you remember why they didn't get married? Uh, Edge heel turned on her, didn't he? Ed, there, uh, no, um, vid- I don't remember who showed it. Whoever was trying to win the title from Edge at the time showed video of Edge cheating on Vicky with their wedding plan. Yeah. And a little, um, yep. A little, a little trivia for the folks out there. That wedding planner was played by none other than Alicia Fox. That was actually her first time on WWE TV. <laughs> was as uh, as the gal Edge pwned. <laughs> oh, t- times have changed. Girls are no longer brought in as the guy Edge pwned. Which is a good thing. That's... Remember when they tried to do that same thing with Daniel Bryan? Yes, they did. And it failed miserably. <laughs> It was bad. They did the it same thing bad. in uh, TNA with AJ Styles, and it was awful. Just awful. Oh, God. That is one of the worst things <sighs> in the world. The gal came out there with a toy baby and everything, and oh, my God. <laughs> I don't even remember I don't even remember what her name was, but it was just stupid. Just bad. Uh, but classic couple. Uh, the next couple on here is on here for the drama. And you know what? What is what are couples without drama? And um, the iconic king and queen themselves, Matt Hardy and Rebby Sky. That name is synonymous with drama. <laughs> or Rebby Hardy, if you want to call her Rebby Hardy. She goes by Rebby Hardy now. Um, yeah. <laughs> Fun, though. Fun. Fun to sit back and watch. The Broken Baby Machine. <laughs> but she was an integral part of the whole broken universe too and she did a good job on screen um she, she really holds it down on twitter too yes yeah, she does and i mean holds it down but she was uh you know she she came to brother nero when matt was breaking and she was the one who kind of got nero into it then she turned on nero you know you got king maxwell their baby and then, yeah, the Twitter shit is just awesome. Rebby, Rebby is not afraid to go after anybody on Twitter. Even that damn owl. <laughs> <laughs> fuck that owl. Hashtag fuck, that, fuck owl. that owl. I love it. These two are fun. Ah, uh, and what would the broken universe be without its king and queen? And could you imagine living with her? No, she's got to have a be short horrible. fuse. No wonder Matt is broken. No shit. <laughs> that character originated at home, folks. <laughs> one too many days in the damn doghouse. Right? That that gray streak that doesn't fucking die. <laughs> she fucking she's turning him gray quick as shit. <laughs> oh, good looking cow though. Crazy, but good looking. Next couple has a very good-looking gal. Perhaps the cutest gal ever to grace the screens of WWE. Um, also known for being crazy. In fact, uh, she had a book called Crazy is My Superpower. Yes, folks, none other than the traitorous CM Punk and the uh, uh, insane AJ Lee. Yes. God, I love this couple. Great stuff. They are a, a strong couple. And she's always had his back. I mean, AJ Lee did stick around for a short stint after CM Punk made his leave. Yep. 
But as soon as her contract was up, she was gone, and that was the end of it. She wasn't going to stay with the company if her man wasn't there. Nope. And good on her, seeing she as she had romantic storylines with every male on the roster in that time frame. Not only storylines, she had romantic real lifing <laughs> with a good chunk of the males backstage before she got to punk. She's the page of the previous generation. Yeah, she's the... Uh... Uh, Kimberly Page. What's with the word Page, man? Kimberly Page and Page both were quite <laughs> were quite sluts backstage. Um, and Sonny. So I guess there's been a lot of wrestling whores. <laughs> empowered women, you know, empowered women. But these two are. Hey, iconic. what do you do when they don't take women seriously in the WWE? You sleep your way to the top. That's what you gotta fucking do. Sometimes you have to do it. Trish Stratus and Vince McMahon. They almost oh made the list God. on my end. <laughs> that was that was something else. <laughs> Disgusting yet intriguing. But yeah, Punk AJ have go to be Vince, on Go Vince, go! Go Vince, go! <laughs> Punk AJ are, like you said, they are a strong couple. They're synonymous. At, at this point, they're synonymous with each other. Uh, I was just watching yeah. an old pay-per-view with my son. I believe, uh, was it... 2012 Royal Rumble and uh, it was right in the middle of the uh, Daniel Bryan CM Punk AJ Lee storyline and that girl is such an amazing actress her facials and I'm not folks don't giggle her facials (laughs) you giggled I said don't but yeah I mean what she you know her facials are just amazing she tells a story she can carry you through a whole story without saying a word just how she she presents her face, how she moves her eyes, her eyebrows, her smile, her body language. It's she is an amazing actress, and she's a really good wrestler. Not great, but really good. Yeah, well, in that time frame, she was the tops, you know, but that was the divas era. Yeah, yeah, she was still she she would have done so much better. Not that they're doing much with this whole women's revolution but she still would have done better if she would have been an nxt man yeah definitely and now we get to the meat and fucking potatoes of this list sir yes Yes. a lot of people i think would have guessed this to be our number one but if you know beef sticks podcast you know why number one is number one and why number two is ms and maurice perfect These I mean, two. top couple of the last two years, by far. For sure. Maurice has helped to elevate Miz's career to levels it's never been at before. Truly. We're talking about a top ballot Hall of Famer, maybe even the greatest intercontinental champion of all time. And his backbone, the strong woman behind him. She might be annoying. She might be ridiculous. But I, I'm Mr. Meeseeks. Look at me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I apologize for that, folks. I got I got one kid at one kid's house right now and another kid over at a party right now. So I kind of had to keep my phone on and, and the audio on in case something happened and I could 
couldn't get to them because I got kids all over the place at different different friends' houses and parties and shit. So I just <laughs> that was not them though. That's somebody just being rude. Rude bastards! <laughs> Don't you know my schedule? Don't interrupt the Miz. This is Miz podcast. When my hand goes up, <laughs> your mouth goes shut. Exactly. This is another couple I honestly <laughs> feel love each other. And for as as big of dicks as they are on TV, that might sound weird, but they really seem to genuinely enjoy each other's company. They seem to love each other. They seem to have a charisma, a magnetic charisma that you can't fake. For real. I love everything about what these guys have done together in, in WWE. It's been great, and I can only imagine their home life is better. Oh, yeah. And, you know, both of these characters are two characters that I originally could not stand. And now I enjoy seeing both characters every time they're on TV. That speaks loudly. Yes. She made a man out of the Miz, made him a father, or is in the process of making him a father. One of the two. There's a bun in the oven. Baby girl, if I am not mistaken. That's what I've heard. Yep, is it's a baby girl. That's going to be, she's going to be the most spoiled princess in the world, I have a feeling. Just fucking spoiled. And in 20 years, you'll see her in the WWE as well. And possibly in my bedroom. <laughs> if all goes well. <laughs> That's planning ahead, Fat Mac. <laughs> Holy shit. But let's not take away from the number one Beef Sticks podcast couple in pro wrestling. None other than the first couple of pro wrestling. Ooh, yeah. The macho man Randy Savage and his woman, Miss Elizabeth. Yes! She was his muse. The reason he kept fighting. Talk about a strong woman making a man even stronger. You have much man Randy Savage and Miss Elizabeth. And possibly one of the most iconic couples of all time in professional wrestling. Definitely. Um, the very first wedding on a wrestling TV show, at very least for WWE, but I think at all, a, a televised wedding in the middle of the ring. I believe the only one that actually was successful, too. Yes. thank you guys <laughs> for that. <laughs> um, when you think of Miss Elizabeth, you think of elegance. She wasn't, she wasn't the type of valet that just came down in skimpy clothes. And she really wasn't the type of valet that got involved much at all. She didn't help cheat. She didn't distract. She was there. She was clapping. She was cheering on her man. She just screamed of elegance. Some women are sexy. Some are cute. Some are vicious. To me, the the adjective for her is elegant. Yes. And uh, we all know Macho Man... We've heard the stories. Um, not only did he love her to death, but he was infatuated with her. 
super overprotective, um, wouldn't let people talk to her. If he wasn't with her, sometimes he'd lock her in the dressing room. So, I mean, it could have got a little crazy. But at the same time, um, from all reports, long after they had split up and weren't together anymore, Macho Man made it uh, part of his contract that Miss Elizabeth had a contract and was making money. When he went to WCW, they were not together as a couple. But he made sure she got a job in WCW and was getting paid and got on TV. He he took care of her um, until her, her end days, rest in peace, dying with Lex Luger on overdoses. But, um, she, uh, both of them, both of them are gone now. That's, that's sad. Actually, of everybody on this list, they're the only two that are even, uh, passed away. Which is amazing, considering pro wrestling. Um, and and even though they 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 were in the you know eighties and whatnot, they're still not old. So yeah. I think I think like you said, I think they're just they they are the most iconic couple in pro wrestling history. Maybe a lot of the younger fans don't think so. I don't know who I don't know who would take that mantle nowadays at all, I guess. Maybe the Miz and Maurice, maybe John and probably John and Nikki, I guess. Current day. But but yeah, for for our generation and I think if you're talking all time, Macho Man Randy Savage and Miss Elizabeth. They were just beautiful together. Crazy in love. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's that, that that phrase is exactly made for this couple. Crazy in love. <laughs> so there you have it folks top 10 couples in pro wrestling um so we're about at our one hour point here pasty one hour point or i mean two hour point i'm sorry i just i don't know how to count hours <laughs> it's never, never been my thing, counting hours. <laughs> We're at our two-hour point. <clears throat> so I don't think... Uh, do, do you have any highlights you want to hit on Raw or SmackDown? Uh, uh, I do. So let me get into... Uh, okay, uh, let's hit what you want to hit really quick, yeah. So Raw started with uh, Cena and Miz having a promo, and it ended up being that... Uh, uh, they. they they got into a fight over nothing, but they made a match. Cena versus Miz. Whoever loses would have to be number one in the elimination chamber. That that was that's what the the cost was of this. There was no nothing to gain, only something to lose, and it was that um, the, the loser would be number one in the elimination chamber. Fast forward to the main event, and it is a uh, uh, a five way to see who will be the last person announced for the elimination chamber. And Seth Rollins and Finn Balor both end up pinning Bray Wyatt because Bray Wyatt's always in there to take a pin, even when Apollo Cruz is there. <laughs> Poor guy. Um, Seth Rollins and Finn Balor. <laughs> it's both, pretty sad. Yeah, they both get the win. Now, to me, this would have been the perfect cliffhanger to get fans excited to next week's Raw and see what what happened. Who's going to get it? What are they going to do? They're going to have a match. But no, they ended up spoiling it on Twitter saying that both Rollins and Finn Balor will be in the Elimination Chamber, making it the first 
Of course, first ever, they have to get every first ever, ever, seven-man elimination <laughs> chamber. Now, the only thing I can think of, because they're not going to rebuild a brand new fucking elimination chamber. I want chamber, them to rebuild in a week. Is, I want them to rebuild in less than a week. But since I'm, I'm guessing they're not going to, this probably means there's going to be three people beginning the match, which basically makes the opening stipulation fucking pointless. Who, who cares? Who, in first? There's fucking three people in first. What the fuck does it matter? <laughs> so that kind of bothered me. John Cena's still going to be starting. <laughs> Watch, John Cena will still be one of the people starting in ring. Right. Probably, probably, even after the match. <laughs> yeah, it's just, uh, it was stupid. And Elias Sampson, of course, won the right to be the last one out of the table. Like, when did you start winning rights of what spot you're in things. I mean, they're just, they're overplaying the importance of the spot to me. In, right. In, in, a, in something that we as fans have known for decades is predetermined, the spot you come out in isn't as important as maybe it was in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Right. And I mean, we all know Elias isn't going to walk away winning the Elimination Chamber match, so... no. So it doesn't matter that he's the last one out. It just means they think he's going to get blowed up first and, and maybe he can't last the distance. That's what I see. Whoever's put in last is just the person they don't think can work as long as the other ones. Uh, one more thing I really wanted to say, and I'm going to make this one quick. Sasha Banks versus Bailey this week was awesome. Great fucking match. Yes. Um, not as good as their takeover respect match, but still uh, probably best match of the week. I loved it. Happy to see it. I think we're still building towards Mania. I think so, too. I think we're definitely going to see this at Mania. And one thing that I found interesting is not only was Sasha Banks kind of getting her heel stuff going, um, she was even kind of soaking it in when the fans were, were booing her, but Bailey was showing some heel mentality, and there's been rumbles that Bailey might be the one who turns heel on Sasha. Um, That's I honestly, the way it should be. I honestly think I'd prefer the heel Sasha and the babyface Bailey, but I don't know. We haven't seen heel Bailey yet. I know I prefer uh, heel Sasha over face Sasha, but maybe heel Bailey is just what she needs to uh, the the shot in the arm she needs. So I don't know. I mean, we've all seen Bailey's entire life, and every time she talks about being a wrestler and achieving her dreams. You look way back, and Bailey, in her teenage years, was like a goth stoner outcast. That's right. the character I want to see on Bailey in WWE. Right. It'd be weird. It takes some adjusting to, but I think it could be good. I think I Bailey turning heel is the only way she actually gets over at the end of this. That's yeah. It could be the Roman Reigns effect. It could be she has to turn heel. That's the thing. You can't build a strong face and then not give them wins. You, at that point, you have yeah. to turn them heel. Yeah, exactly. They can't. You have to believe them. The heels can lose because they're the heels. Right. But the faces, they have to win. Um, SmackDown was pretty boring. But one thing I want to say about SmackDown is kind of similar to about... Uh, uh, I do want to bring up, uh, before we move on to SmackDown... Okay, go ahead. I want to bring up Ron Strowman's beautiful singing voice. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the, 
That was probably my favorite moment. Not match, but moment of the evening. With the giant upright bass just sitting on his lap like an acoustic guitar. I was surprised by his singing. Way better than I expected. And I do hate that they're turning our monster into a cartoon character. But seeing Braun portraying himself. Because we've all seen him on Twitter and Instagram. To see him being himself is very refreshing, and I think it'll be good for the character. And I I don't think Braun's going to slip up and fall in any pit holes like Big Show did. They're never going to have him out there wearing a diaper, because he's still going to snap and break a bitch. I I agree with you. This is, I mean, that is Braun. He's a very... Although I guess I would like to see Braun be a New Year's baby one year. Oh, God. (laughs) Not now. Not now. Give it after he's got some credibility and some history behind himself. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I do agree with you. It, it, it'll be refreshing and it'll be a nice change. I just wish they'd wait till after Mania. To me, just build up to Mania. Make him a beast at Mania. Um, it's probably going to be him in, in The Miz. And you just want him to be a beast. And then and then do something that, that has him start being this goofy kind of guy. But yeah. I mean, as long as they make him a beast in the ring, I'm kind of okay with it. It seems awkward. It, I guess the thing that seems awkward is they show us backstage skits where he's running around destroying everything and literally trying to kill people. And then they show us him being goofy also. It's, you almost have to pick one or the other. It's okay if he's goofy backstage yeah. but a beast in the ring. But you can't be a, a literal murderer backstage and then be the guy who likes to eat cake and, and play bass guitar. You, you kind and of they've done it well so far. One. I really don't have any complaints about it. It's all been entertaining. So, in my book, he wins there. There you go. It's weird, but I'm going to ride with it. He's on TV. Now Good we can him. move on to SmackDown. Uh, the thing about SmackDown, <laughs> again, that basically really bothers me, so there was supposed to be, uh, it was supposed to start a match, um, Dolph Ziggler uh, facing Baron Corbin, and whoever won would be put into the fatal four-way at Fastlane. Because again, it was supposed to be one-on-one, AJ versus either Kevin or Sammy. They ended up making a three-way, so it's both of them. Then for no reason, they decided there needs to be one other person. So it's going to be either Corbin or Ziggler. Well, Sami Zayn and and Kevin Owens attacked both men before the match, thinking if nobody wrestles, then it's still going to be a three-way and they got a better chance of winning. Shane said no. At this point, they should be smart enough to know that Shane's going to fuck with them if they fuck with anything going on in the storyline. It seems like um, Cammy and AJ. Yeah, Cammy and AJ, all three of them, seem to be really stupid about how rules work around here. Because they all keep screwing themselves. Yeah, you think you'd just catch on at some point. So I mean, then Christ. Shane decides to book a match. He says, well, Dolph Ziggler will face Sami Zayn, and Baron Corbin will face Kevin Owens. And whichever of the winners, whether Dolph Ziggler wins or Baron Corbin wins, they will be the ones added to the Fatal 4-Way. Okay. So then they end up having the Kevin Owens versus Baron Corbin match, and Baron Corbin wins. So the Fatal 4-Way is going to be Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, AJ Styles, and Corbin. But then the main event is Sami Zayn versus Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler wins, so let's just make it a 5-Way. It's, 
it's just number one it's the same thing they did on raw number two like you said it's lazy writing let's have it we've got so purpose. many fatal five ways you know there's a triple threat a fatal four way let's change the name of the fatal five way right at least fierce five way yeah. or something ferocious five way erotic five way wow <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, I agree with you. Call it something. But I mean, the the problem with the Fatal Five Way at Fastlane is Sammy and Kevin are going to be fighting each other. Dolph and Zig or er, Dolph and and Corbin are going to be fighting each other. AJ is just going to be able to sit out and retain his championship. It pretty much paints a very blatant picture right off the bat. Yeah. I mean, yeah, in the beginning, they'll probably all team up against AJ for a few minutes, but by the end of the match, that's what it's going to come down to. Corbin and Ziggler are going to fight each other and leave the ring and fight somewhere far away. Zayn and Owens will probably be in. Maybe Owens hits Zayn with a pop-up powerbomb, gets ready to go for the pin. Here comes AJ Styles, hits him with the Styles Clash, pinfall, done. It's not creative. It's not getting no. me on the edge of my seat building up to WrestleMania because it means fucking nothing. Exactly. It means nothing. The Elimination Chamber means fucking nothing. Instead of building up storylines leading into WrestleMania, you're just throwing people in because you know they're not going to have a chance of being on the WrestleMania card. Yep. Get your screen time while you can, folks. <laughs> fucking dumb. Yeah. Fucking dumb. Not a good way to, to let's get talk about. Friends. Let's talk about fucking dumb. And let's talk about fucking Big E eating maybe half a pancake. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was so horrible. It was like he wasn't even <laughs> trying to get him in his mouth. He was just rubbing him on his face. <laughs> just. <laughs> probably none of it went into his mouth. That one mouthful. Nothing beyond that. He never swallowed. It was the if old... you guys don't like pancakes, why is pancakes your fucking gimmick? It was the old uh, uh, cookie monster routine. You know, uh, the old cookie monster, they'd throw cookies in his mouth and he'd just yeah. go up and down and Rumbles they'd all fall out. It just drops out. That's, that's what he did was <laughs> yeah. the, the cookie monster routine. Um, <laughs> not only was this fucking stupid. Actually, I do have a, a beef with it, but uh, we're going to move the beef of the week to next week. We're not going to make it this week because we're already over time. But I, I, w- I will get into this on the beef of the week about how not only is this stupid, but it, it's it's actually... Um, what, what's the word I want to say? It's actually uh, hurtful. It's actually uh, um, I- insulting. Insulting is the word I'm thinking of. We won't get into that this week because I actually have quite a bit to talk about on that. But the the skit itself was just stupid. For those of you who don't know, they basically brought out three fucking platters of pancakes and said that Big E was going to beat the, the world record of eating 113 pancakes in eight minutes. And that turned into a tag match between uh, Chad Gable and Shelton Benjamin between <laughs> Big E and Kofi Kingston. That It did. It did, folks. Uh, I hate it. I hate it so much. But if 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 Gable and Benjamin are team waffles, I'm with them. <laughs> T 
Team Blue Waffles. Look it up, folks. Put that in your Google machine and look it up. There you go. Let us know about it in the comments. Yes, let us know your thoughts on Blue Waffles. <laughs> we we want to know. We want to hear your thoughts uh, on this Valentine's fucking episode about Blue Waffles. Did you get to eat some Blue Waffles this week? Chime blue in in the comments. Blue Waffles for everyone. Folks. Chime in in the comments. Okay, what do you think? Is it we? Is this a wrap? I think we're pretty good. I think we're pretty good. I don't think we're leaving out too much of the necessary stuff. Uh, you basically hit everything. That's good. Hit everything except yeah. the for the week, which is which will still be poignant next week. So. We're trying, folks. Probably we're trying to get this so beef of the week going. <laughs> we, we keep going over time, and we're missing out on it. We'll we'll make sure to get it. It would next help week. if we didn't put the segment at the end of the show. Well, it's one of those that's easy to kind of <laughs> knock off. But yeah, yeah, it'll be good. It'll be a good one. You won't want to miss the rant of the beef of the week next week, folks. And I'm not kidding. It's it's a good one, and it's it's a real real beef. So I guess with that being said, folks, uh, I'm Fat Mac. I'm Pasty White. Thank you for joining us, and have a good night. And have some Blue Waffles. Brought to you by Blue Waffles. (laughs) Good night.